Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is episode 61. We're going to talk about three tips to increase happiness. Now, before I jump into it, listen, my friends, I do not run any ads on this podcast. I don't get any sponsorship for this podcast. It's just totally free information and it's me giving value to you. It's me sharing my thoughts, what I'm learning in my life and my medical expertise. So if you have gained anything from listening, I'm going to ask that you take five minutes of your time and leave me a review and a rating on whatever podcast streaming platform you use. I love getting those five-star ratings. Thank you. It really, really helps me to reach more people. If you are someone who's listening on my YouTube channel, please subscribe and give me a like. That helps me out so much. I want to read a recent review from Van City Laura. She says, I love this podcast. I found Dr. High's podcast while embarking on my current health journey. It has been such a helpful tool for me. I'm approaching weight loss with a totally different mindset after decades of dieting. The advice she offers is invaluable. I look forward to Mondays when a new podcast is released. Sasha, thank you for sharing your expertise and guidance. I have learned so much from you. Thank you so much, Van City Laura. I really appreciate that. And I love that I love that I can help. I love that I can give free value and that people who would never necessarily work with me inside my program, I still want to help because that really aligns with my mission to help 10,000 women by, I think it was 2025 that I set my goal for. So that is the goal. Can you help me in it by leaving me a rating and a review? Okay, let's talk about three tips to increase happiness. So where is this coming from? I uh, And by the way, this doesn't really have anything to do with weight loss, but it may have something to do with weight loss. It all ties together. It's all life, right? Like weight loss is part of life, just like relationships and career. It's all part of our life. So that's what this is about today. I've been mulling over this for probably several months. And every time I share something in the podcast, it's like, these are just things that I have been deep thinking on and reflecting on in my own life. And then I share it with you. And I'm someone who has grown up where my self-worth was very much tied to accomplishment. Like I am all about productivity. It is, (laughs) I, I don't know why that's how I've been since I was a kid, like productivity, accomplishment equals, I feel good about myself. And I was working with my coach a few months ago and we were talking about like, what does success look like? At what point do I get to be happy and satisfied in my life and decide I'm really happy that I've been successful? Like at what point does that happen? And it's interesting because I may have shared this before on the podcast, but when you're a pre-med student, you think everything is just about getting into med school, right? So if anyone's listening and they're in pre-med, I get it, right? Everything is about getting into med school. And when you get into med school, you'll finally, you'll be the success. You got into med school, you'll finally be happy. Then you get into med school and you realize like, that's not the be all and end all. And happiness is not in med school. It's in residency, right? So you think when I get into my residency choice, then I will be happy and I'll be successful. And then you get into residency and you're like, wait a second, now I have to become an attending and then I have to get like a staff position at the hospital that I want to be at. So when I become an attending, I'll finally be happy. 
And then you become an attending and you've got like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. And now you're starting a family 10 years later than all of your friends. And you're trying to establish yourself at this new hospital, right? And happiness continues to evade you. And you never feel like a success. For me, I went through all of that. And then I was like, well, you know, when I start my business, then I'll be happy. And then and then it was, well, when I hit this revenue target in my business, then I'll find, finally be happy. And I hit that revenue target after, you know, two years, I think. And I remember being coached by Brooke Castillo on this. And I was sharing how I'd <laughs> hit this target. And she's like, wow, you're like, you don't make this sound fun at all. And it's the classic arrival fallacy, right? It's that happiness is just on the other side of this goalpost of this point where we finally are going to decide that we're we're allowed to be happy and that we're going to be successful. But the problem is, is that that goalpost continues moving, right? We just keep pushing it out. And I see this all the time with my clients, right? Happiness is just on the other side of that number on the scale, except it's not. Because if you don't learn to cultivate happiness now, your brain at your current weight and your brain at your goal weight are the exact same, right? Your brain doesn't change. How you think doesn't change. How you how you appreciate yourself and your life and your body doesn't change just because you get to a number on the scale. Happiness will continue to evade you. And anyone who doesn't believe me, I want you to think back to a point in your life where you were at the number where you think it's your goal weight now and tell me what you thought about your body at that point. Because I can bet, and I talk to hundreds of women about this all the time, that at that point you were still hating your body and you would kill to get back there, right? I just was speaking to a client who's, she's actually just starting in our program this month. And I was speaking to her a couple of days ago and she was sharing with me her history and she was saying how like she had bariatric surgery about a decade ago, lost hundred pounds. And she realized that even after losing hundred pounds, she still wasn't happy. It was never enough. She thought she needed to lose more, right? She didn't learn to celebrate her body. She didn't learn to find joy in it. And so what's the end of the story? You end up regaining that weight. And now she's joined Best Weight. And I'm super happy that I get to come alongside her and teach her how to learn to lose it for good and how to celebrate that process and celebrate herself, right? Because that is such a big part of lasting success in any domain is learning to be in the progress and celebrate that be in the journey and let that be what brings satisfaction and happiness rather than happiness being at the end of a goalpost, right? It's the classic being in the gap versus being in the gain. And if you don't know that reference, go buy The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. It's a great book. We talk about it all the time in my program. It's the idea that we measure ourselves against this ideal and this standard that's far off and we feel like we're in the gap. We're not there yet. We have so far to go rather than seeing how far we've come and celebrating the gain, the progress that we've made. And the issue is when we see ourselves in the gap, it's demotivating and it's discouraging. And that is where happiness will continue to evade us. So I've been reflecting on, you know, my own issues in this area and I am not arrived yet. So I have not re reached the nirvana of like happiness every day, right? But I have been reflecting on how I can increase my happiness in my life and my satisfaction in my life over the past few months. Even more so, it became apparent to me while I was in New Zealand for the past five weeks with my family. And so I thought I'd share three tips with you for you to increase happiness right now. Okay. So that's what we're going to, we're going to do right now. So number one is be grateful for where you are right now. Now, hold up. You've heard this before, likely 
you're into personal development, gratitude journal, right? That's a, a big thing. But I want to like, let's talk through that. Okay. So I was coaching a client the other day and um, she was just caught up in this mindset of like, I just feel so stuck. And this is a common coaching topic, by the way, it comes up like all very frequently on our coaching calls, just feeling stuck. And usually this is because there's a weight plateau, right? So she had lost 27 pounds. She was making such better choices in her life, feeling so much better. She didn't like meal planning, but she had developed a strategy around this. She used repetition of her meals to minimize decision-making. It was working. Like she had a way that it was working for her. And she just started going back to the gym two to three times a week. But here's the thing. She wasn't at the level of fitness that she was once at. She was remembering this time in her life where she was at a, a different level of fitness and she just loved how her body felt at that time. And so because she was remembering that, she wasn't there yet. She had started working out like two months prior, right? She was frustrated with her body, feeling stuck. And so anyway, through coaching, what we kind of arrived at is like, what if you're not stuck, but you're in progress, right? What if you're on your way and this isn't stuck. This is this is where you're exactly where you're so, supposed to be, right? Now let me give you a non-weight loss example as well. I was, as I said, recently in New Zealand, and we were on my dad's boat. So my dad has this beautiful 45-foot classic trawler. He designed it himself. He is looking to bring this very like this new boat to the New Zealand market. So anyway, total side note there. So we were on this boat with my whole family. My brother was there, my parents were there, and we would, you know, spend several days out on the boat going to these secluded bays and each night we would stay in a different bay. These are islands, you know, so only accessible by boat. Such a privilege to be there. It would be like calm, beautiful turquoise water. There's these other beautiful yachts around. We'd be surrounded by, you know, these hills with lush greenery and cliffs going into the sea, like just so beautiful. And I had to stop myself and be so appreciative and so grateful in that moment, right? It's really about mindfulness, right? And being present. It's so easy to get distracted, right? My kids were hyper, they'd be fighting, like so easy to miss those moments and let happiness just slip by. And I had a moment where I just told myself, like, I'm standing in a magazine photo right now. Like, literally, this is what people dream about. And I'm living it, right? And I'm so grateful for this moment. Now, for anyone who <laughs> like thinks my life is so dreamy, let me assure you, it's not always so dreamy. But in that moment, it truly was. But my point is, that you think that you automatically appreciate those moments, it is not automatic. It still requires stopping to appreciate and stopping to practice gratitude, right? Now, some of you might be like, okay, you know what? It's so easy to practice gratitude when you're in the middle of a beautiful landscape on a boat and, you know, turquoise water. Okay, I get that. So let me give you a more challenging example. Like day to day with my kids, I have one child whom I love. He's wonderful, um, but he just requires a little bit more attention than the other two. And it's so easy to get frustrated. And I find myself sometimes almost getting into this mindset that my children are an inconvenience in my day, right? Like, <laughs> They're an inconvenience in terms of like my business and like me wanting to concentrate on growing that. It's it's almost something I don't even want to stay, say out loud, right? But just being totally honest with you. Remember, my self-worth is tied to productivity. So being with my children for long stretches of time, you know, with children who are fighting and require a lot of attention and it does not feel productive, right? Even though if I stop to think about it logically, like sewing into my children is the most honorable job I have. And I, I get that objectively, but you know what I mean? Like in the moment, it's very easy to lose sight of that. 
And it's very easy to lose sight of happiness. And so it takes the practice of stopping and having gratitude. This is what I wanted for such a long time. I get to be their mother. I get to model patience and grace and wisdom to them. Right? I get to choose happiness and gratitude even when it's like chaos and I would rather just everyone be quiet. Right? Children are meant to be seen, not heard. <laughs> right? Not true. <laughs> so anyway, to wrap up this first point, happiness is not a future state. Happiness is having a grateful heart and appreciating where you are in the moment. So if you find yourself thinking that happiness is just on the other side of that number on the scale or just on the other side of that job promotion or just on the other side of finding, you know, that dream man that you can marry, I want to share with you, been on the other side and happiness is not on the other side of the rainbow. Happiness is us choosing to have gratitude right now. That was point number one. Point number two is don't ignore dissatisfaction. This may seem obvious. If you want to be happy, pay attention to where you're not happy, right? Seems fairly obvious. But it's not because we often will have like this underlying dissatisfaction in life and we let it linger there without looking at it because we are, we're afraid to address it. And then we just get comfortable in our discomfort. We just get comfortable because it's familiar to continue being dissatisfied and it's scary to potentially have to change something in our lives. But the things that we are afraid to look at, the areas of our lives that maybe they need inner healing, maybe you need some emotional healing, maybe you need to forgive someone in your life, maybe you need to forgive yourself, maybe you need to make some changes, right? Maybe you're out of alignment with yourself. If we are afraid to look at an area of our life, it doesn't go away right? It will just continue to fester under the surface and continue to breed dissatisfaction and it will manifest itself in you engaging in self-defeating behavior. So the actions that you take out of a place of dissatisfaction, whether or not you're aware of it, right? Whether you bring it to your consciousness or not, you will take action from that place and it will be self-defeating. Read the book Integrity by Martha Beck. She kind of talks about this concept as well. Why? Because we act out of our emotions and our inner world comes out, right? It manifests. If you are living with shame or you are living with brokenness and unforgiveness and bitterness, that comes out in your interactions. I'm sorry to tell you, you cannot hide that. So we have to address dissatisfaction. One of my favorite Craig Rochelle quotes is the difference between the values you embrace and how you spend your time equals the frustration that you feel. So let me reframe that language. The difference between what you say is important to you and how you are actually living your life equals the dissatisfaction that you experience. What is that in one word? That is integrity, right? This is another concept I've been mulling over. I'm going to do a whole podcast on integrity. But integrity is aligning ourselves with our inner conviction. That's my definition of it, right? And for many people, this comes in with their lifestyle, right? This is what there is a lack of integrity with how they're living their life. And that will manifest, right? If we do not honor our bodies, it will manifest. You'll develop metabolic disease. You will develop some sort of illness, right? Auto, potential autoimmune conditions can come out of like a lot of stress in our lives. I'm not saying that's the sole cause. So I'm not blaming all med med medical conditions on lifestyle choices, but we know that lifestyle choices do tie into our health, so we're not denying that. But 
my point about integrity is that when your choices don't align with your values, when you're not taking steps to care for your body, when you're staying up late, scrolling on social media instead of going to sleep, for example, right? When you know you shouldn't be doing something, but you do it anyway. And by the way, I'm speaking from experience here because I'm guilty as well. It erodes integrity. It erodes self-confidence and it erodes happiness. A lack of integrity with yourself will rob you of joy and self-confidence. So here's the thing though. Beating yourself up about this does not work. So don't try the guilt trip strategy of telling yourself you're such a terrible person because you're out of alignment with your integrity. That's going to just cause even more unhappiness and even more poor choices from judgment. Okay, so we're not going there. But ignoring it doesn't work either. So ignoring the dissatisfaction in your life, it won't go away. You'll just continue to be dissatisfied and unhappy. So what's the solution? The solution is to look at that dissatisfaction as a clue. Just be like, hey, hold on, hold up. What's happening for me? Where am I out of alignment, right? It's a clue that maybe something needs to shift, right? And then you use self-compassion, curiosity, and non-judgment to consider, is there something that needs to shift for me so that I can come into alignment with integrity? Now, that does tie in with my first point of appreciating where you're at, because here's the thing, you actually have to appreciate where you're at in that moment. There is a need to have gratitude for like, okay, you know what? I'm aware, at least I'm paying attention now to this dissatisfaction. I have ability to change now because I brought attention to it. I'm going to do this with kindness. I'm going to do this with self-respect. I'm not going to do this with judgment and shaming myself and guilting myself. That is not the right way forward. That will continue the spiral down. So point number one was practice gratitude for where you are in the moment. And point number two is Don't ignore dissatisfaction, but just use it as a clue that there may be an area in your life where you're out of integrity or out of alignment. And then consider what is in your power to change. I will warn you, this is uncomfortable work. It takes courage. It takes a willingness to take action and to get out of what is familiar because it is far easier to stay in familiar discomfort than to embark on the discomfort of making a change. It's true. Even when we are dissatisfied in our lives, our brain will try to keep us on what is familiar to us. Think about how that applies to you. Okay, point number three is cultivate close relationships. So there's a study that has been going on for over 80 years, and it's led by Dr. Robert Waldinger. He's an American psychiatrist. He's a researcher at Harvard, and it's the longest study on adult development that's ever been conducted. And I was listening to him on Ed Milet's podcast, so you can go there and listen to him as well. And he essentially was talking about happiness and well-being. And he talked about like taking care of your body is one thing that's really, really important for your health, but the quality of your relationships actually has a very significant impact on health and happiness also. So one of the findings that was really interesting is that people who are the most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 were the healthiest at age 80. Isn't that amazing? The depth of your satisfaction in your relationships at age 50 predicted your health at age 80. And that was regardless of socioeconomic status. So regardless of how educated they were, how much money they had, where they came from, that still stood true. And I was reflecting on this for myself, right? Because I say that relationships are the most important thing. I think many people would, right? What's important to you? Oh, absolutely. Like the relationships in my life. But 
is that reflected in how I'm living my life, right? Is that reflected in how I'm spending my time, quality time, not quantity necessarily, but quality time? You know, if I say that my kids and my husband are the most important to me, am I reflecting that in how I'm choosing to live my life? And the reality is sometimes no, right? Sometimes my time with my kids, I'm distracted. I'm on my phone. I'm thinking about my business a lot. I'm totally guilty of that. That's something I'm really struggling with right now. It's always kind of like carrying the weight of being an entrepreneur. And I haven't quite, haven't quite nailed that one yet. Working on it. I'll share with you once I figure it out. And so how, how, what shifts do I need to make? I'm thinking, and you can consider this for yourself in order to reflect that I'm cultivating depth of relationship. Now I'm not talking, what I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about running around, driving myself crazy, bringing my kids to every extracurricular activity. Now I have a lot of personal opinions about this. I believe that a lot of this is keeping up with the Joneses. And it's a lot of parents trying to prove their self-worth to themselves by like making their kids more busy and (laughs) just like one-upping their neighbor in all of the amazing extracurriculars that their kids are in. And I do not subscribe to that. I'm like actively rebelling against that. But anyway, all the power to you if if you love all that stuff. It's okay. It's okay. What I'm talking about is quality time. Quality time is different from quantity of time. And that's about depth of relationship, right? And it's not only my kids and my husband, but it's also my closest friends, right? I've shared before on my social media that I'm not a person who has a huge circle of friends. I do not love social, large social gatherings. Like, you know, I have friends who their idea of like their 40th birthday celebration was like having a huge party and like going to New York City, like partying with this huge group of friends. And I'm like, that is my nightmare. I do not want that at all. Bring me my closest friends at our cottage, like quiet, deep relationship, deep conversation. That's all me, right? So I'm not talking about like, you know, having a huge circle of friends and posting these pictures of you all smiling on Instagram, but there's no depth. That's not what I'm talking about. Talking about those deep relationships with people where you share heart, you share values. And I'm so thankful that I have some really amazing close friendships. And I want to consider how am I cultivating those more? Like, how am I giving those relationships the time and attention that they deserve? And I actually texted a friend of mine this afternoon to make a phone date because I was like, I need to connect with the people that I say are important to me, right? I need to cultivate these relationships. So this afternoon, speaking to Adrienne, she doesn't listen to this podcast, I don't think, so it's okay. Love her. There's a lot of, one of the things that gets in the way, and I want you to consider this, this is where, you know, action can be taken, is social media, Right. We have so much more connectivity in terms of internet connectivity than we've ever had in the past, right? Like I grew up in the 80s. This was not a thing. And our world has completely changed. And I think about this a lot for what that's going to look like for my kids. But there's a lot of studies that show if you're like a passive user of social media, which means you're someone who just goes on there and then like scrolls and watches other people's feeds instead of like offering value on there or giving content on there, two different things that actually decreases happiness and it decreases satisfaction. And I think this is really important to address because I talk to a lot of people and this is a thing, right? This this idea of just spending countless hours of our lives consuming other people's lives, watching and observing other people live a curated version of their life on social media rather than being in our own lives and being present in our own lives. And I can share from experience, like how I've gone, social media has caused me to go into like comparison and dissatisfaction and unhappiness. So for example, I started using TikTok last summer 
as a content creator. And I have like, I'm up to 75,000 followers now, which I appreciate. I so love that. I think a lot of you who are listening found me on TikTok. I love that. I love that I can share on that platform, but I'm not a consumer of that platform. I do not go on TikTok. I don't watch other people's stuff. I follow like four people and I don't actually follow them. I just, I'm sorry if you're on there. I don't look at your stuff because I don't like that platform. But I had in the past, in the fall, when I was learning about using TikTok, I was like watching other obesity physicians, other people who, you know, are in my space. And I noticed how quickly I got into comparison. This person's more successful than me. This person has better, better videos than me. This person's life looks so much more exciting than mine. This person, like all this stuff. And yeah, it just wasn't, was not beneficial for me. It really decreased my satisfaction and my happiness. It caused me to be more in the gap than I am, than I was in the gain. And so I just decided that's not, that's not something I want to do. Right. So TikTok is not a part of my, my life. Instagram, on the other hand, I need to work on. <laughs> so we all have our things that we're working on, but I want to come back to what are you doing to cultivate close relationships? And are there areas where you have perhaps some false relationships? And I would call social media and the idea that you're actually in relationship with people that you follow or even like distant friends that you kind of watch their life on social media, that perhaps that's not truly a depth of relationship and may require some reflection. So let's wrap this up. I want you to take action because here's the thing. We don't change our lives by knowledge acquisition. And I say this to my, my clients as well. I am not about you acquiring more knowledge about how to lose weight. Just like I'm not about you acquiring more knowledge by listening to this podcast, we change our lives when we take action. So what can you do today to increase your happiness? I have three things for you. Number one, write down three things that you're grateful for. If you're someone who really struggles with like being present in the moment and having gratitude, I want you to write down, just take, honestly, turn this podcast off right now. <laughs> just turn me off and get a pad of paper and write down three things that you're grateful for. This is not a long exercise. Don't leave it till later because it's probably not going to happen. Just do it right now. You don't have to have a fancy journal. Like don't let perfectionism of like, well, I have to have a pretty journal, you know, in order for me to start this daily gratitude practice. I, I know your brain because my brain's done that too. Write it on like a scrap piece of paper, write it in your phone. I don't care three things you're grateful for. Just do it once and then you can start practicing that as, as a habit. Okay. The second thing is ask yourself, is there an area of your life where you're out of integrity with yourself? Now here's the key. Don't judge. Be curious and open. Only by addressing it can you start planning steps forward. But I don't want you to get into beating yourself up. That's not going to be beneficial. And then step three is reach out to a friend that you need to make a connection with, right? I'm not talking about through social media. Don't be DMing someone on Instagram being like, I love your stuff, like, right? <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about a phone call or planning an in-person get together. Who do you need to reach out to to cultivate an in-depth relationship? What does that look like? Maybe it's with your family members. Maybe it's with a close friend. Maybe you can even share this podcast and let them know that it impacted you and that you want to connect with them. As I close, I want you to remember happiness is not a future state. It is available right now through gratitude and appreciation. It can also be increased by compassionately addressing areas of your life where, where you're out of alignment and by cultivating deeper relationships. All right. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.